I'm Pat Hyben, and over the past 25 years, I've sold over 7,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in volume. In 2010, I sold my teen business to my top agent and went on book tour promoting my book, Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate professional's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. That book went on to become a New York Times bestseller. Now I live off the passive income streams from the real estate I bought with commissions I earned as a full-time agent. And I am committed to giving back to the real estate industry as so many mentors of mine have given back to me. On this show, we'll interview the world's best agents, brokers, coaches, and investors to help you make more commissions and create the life you deserve. Okay, Rockstar Nation, boy, we have a great guest today. This guy has found something fascinating that I have not heard in the real estate community yet or seen somebody do, but from Burleson, Texas, I got Mr. Michael Owen on the line, and what Michael has done, right, here's a real estate agent who saw his average real estate commission being about five grand every time he sold a house calculated how many hours it took him to do that, and then did a couple flips, calculated how many hours it took him to do the flip, and realized he would make 25 grand on a flip for the same amount of hours spent as five grand on the real estate commission. So now he hyper-focuses on flips, and he does much more flips than he does working with buyers and sellers, and he is on the fast lane to financial freedom and beyond. And anyway, so I asked him to come on the show and give our rock star audience, you, a play-by-play of exactly what he does, the best practices of what he does, so that you can do it too. And so without further ado, Mike, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars, buddy. Uh, Thanks, Pat. Glad to be here. Michael, you know, give us a little rundown. First of all, where the hell is Burleson, Texas? And tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, Burleson, Texas on the south edge of Fort Worth, right here in the big old Metroplex. And then a little bit about myself. I was a police officer for 14 years doing financial crimes, and I thought, you know, I've got to do something different with my life to, to get further financially to help my family. So real estate is obviously one of the number one markets for people to turn into millionaires every year if you uh, look at the IRS and what they report. So I jumped into it feet first, and then uh, since then, I quit my job as a cop and all real estate, all the time. And you, and you would know, right? I guess you did a lot of studying and, and, you know, not even directly, but indirectly, being that you you followed crimes like they address on American Greed. I love that show, by the way, on CNBC, CNNBC, American Greed. And you followed crimes like that. And through that, you found out how people get rich the real way. And you found that a lot was through real estate like you said, and you jumped right into it. So tell me a little bit about this transition. Now, you still work buyers and sellers for friends and family, right? Correct. Yes, sir. Okay. So how many houses did you sell last year just, uh, you know, working with regular buyers and sellers? Oh, regular buyers and sellers. I wouldn't say more than maybe 10. Okay. And then, and then how many houses did you flip? 24. Okay. So... How much money did you make from flipping houses last year? 
On the flipping side, I, I averaged right about twenty five to 40000 per house, and we came up in about 480000 This year, we're looking at doing a little bit north of 600000 Okay, so you made four eighty flipping, and you made what uh, buying with regular buyers and sellers? Well, it's about fifty, right? About ten percent. Yeah, yeah, rough about right in there. So ninety percent of your business is flipping. Okay, so let's talk about this, okay, buddy? So it, you know, in such a short time, right? First of all, like how you've been only at this like two re- years, right? Two yeah, years. just two years. Two years. Yep. How'd you go from zero to hero? How'd you go from never flipping a house and saying, I'm going to be a real estate flipper after being an agent and, and, and doing a couple of real estate transactions? How'd you, how'd you do that? Tell me about your so, first flip, I guess. And then tell me about how you do it now. Yeah. So my first flip was a, a basic HUD house that you would make an auction, uh, make a bid on after it makes it to their extended period. And got into that with getting a loan. I think I put nineteen thousand down for a house that I purchased. At, I think it was around sixty-three thousand dollars. I put five thousand into that house. A lot of my own sweat and tears went into doing that. Um, obviously, I've learned my ways since then. And I turned around and I sold that house for right about one twelve. So nice little, nice little market. What, what was the profit? Twenty-eight. Is that? No, that was a little bit north of twenty-eight. I had a I had a deal I did at the same time there where I made twenty eight thousand dollars on a auction house, and then I think that house there, I, I went with the HUD, was probably north of about thirty. Okay, so you said, hey man, these commissions are a lot fatter. I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing this. This was easy to do. First of all, where'd you get the money? Okay, the the first deal was money I borrowed from a friend. Again, police officers don't make the, the biggest buck in the world. So I borrowed most of that 19k to put down and I rolled all of that 28,000 into my next deal uh, to partner with the, with the individual and then just kept splitting the money until I had enough of my money on my own that I no longer needed banks. I no so longer So you were given to- like half the profit uh, away yes. to the lender. Yeah. Cause that's what I do with a couple of people here that I work with is, you know, I, I dish them the money, no questions asked other than, you know, give me a CMA and tell me how much it's going to cost to fix it. And then when they sell it, uh, I get half the profit and they get half the profit. And of course you could do that or you could do hard money. Now you're mm-hmm. doing 48 a year. Now where are you getting the money to do 48 a year? So I, it didn't take long before people started seeing what I was doing. And then you know, people start talking and, and their friends start talking. They start knocking down your door saying, Michael, 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 tell me what in the world you're doing to make this type of return. And money essentially just started pouring in my door. I started landing investment or people that wanted to partner, just much like what you're talking about there for half the cost or for half the profits, uh, $300,000 at a time. And, and now I'm sitting a little bit short of a million to just go buy houses with. And just from private investors, private people, uh, much like what you were speaking about yourself. Where and, what, and do you still give them half, or are you just paying a percentage? No, I still pay. I still pay half to the people that came in initially. I've I've been renegotiating with people that want to come on to where uh, because you know a lot a lot of people want to come on at maybe fifty thousand dollars, and I just say there's nothing I can do with you at fifty thousand dollars. You have to yeah. come with please. So you've with almost about- collected your own kind of like REIT almost. It's a temporary REIT where you've you. You collected money, you put it in a fund, and, and there's three or four people that you pay interest to, but the interest is more a percentage of profit. 
Correct. And, you know, a lot of hard money lenders now are, are 12, 13 percent, three points up front. Is there a reason why you're doing it this way, your way, versus uh, going hard money at 12 percent and three points? It largely has to do with the fact of I like taking care of my people that came in that trusted me, and I want to reciprocate that relationship with them. Uh, I'm not an extremely greedy man. I, I'm Obviously, I want to do good for me and my family, but if you came in and you, you have faith in me, and I want, I want to give that back to you. Well, the, the benefit is you're not like on the hook to a loan shark, and also if, if, if the time frame doesn't map out like you anticipated, then they're not breathing down your neck and you're not having to pay uh, payments from day one, which was a lot of hard money. You got to pay payments from day one. And so there's a little less pressure, right? And and then you just feel better about it. So there's certainly a lot of benefits to to both ways. To your way, certainly I can understand it 100% because I'm on the other side of some of those deals uh, with other people. So let's talk about where you find these deals. How are you getting yeah. these houses to flip, and are you wholesaling any of them? Yeah, I wholesale quite a few. An example is, you know, last month I, I bought two at a foreclosure auction. Didn't touch them, didn't do a thing, and made just a little south of $40,000 doing nothing more than writing a check and cashing a check. Uh, where I find these houses, more largely at the beginning of the month, will come from foreclosure auctions. Just going to the associate trustee at the courthouse, buying it from them, and then turn around a week later, having that thing up on the market for sale and closing on these deals in maybe thirty days. And when and when you say up on the market, obviously you don't own the house, right? At that point, right? So you can't like put it in MLS for sale, can you? No, 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 no. I put things on Facebook, so I will have typically about ten day turnaround that I will have my deed back from the uh, substitute trustee. And they'll e-file it with the county, with the uh, county court, about ten days, roughly, on that. At that point, when I have the deed back in my hand, I will turn around and change the locks on the house. I get, I can actually illegally get into the house. Uh, beforehand, I will pre, I will kind of like pre-sell it on Facebook. Hey, I expect to have this coming on the market, and I have a, I have a pre-built list in my email group of maybe about fifty buyers. The minute that I have anything that comes on the market. They're just standing there with cash in hand. And, ready to and buy. these are flippers, right? These are flippers in yeah, your area. Now, how'd you get a list of 50 active flippers in your area? So I did that that basic uh, common error that everyone else does is they, they pay absurd amount of money going to these real estate investing training classes. And you're surrounded by 50 other people or maybe even more than that, people wanting to do investing. They've dropped I don't know, maybe $2,500 to go to this stupid class for two days, and then they really learn nothing. But they still they still have the hunger and the urge to buy these houses, and they still have the money to buy these houses. Well, I take what they don't know and how to find these houses. I find them. I supply it to them, and then they're eager, eating it up like it's hotcakes. And they buy it from you. They You kind of just assign it to them, right, because you never own it. Well, on the foreclosure ones, I do. Uh, that actually gets e-filed in my name. I actually own it, and it will be uh, a closing. It will go from my name or my business name to them. So, so you, you I, actually have to settle on it, pay transfer taxes and, and all that, and actually pay the back taxes, any water liens, all that crap. you got to deal with all that, right? And then, I, and then, and then I do. Yeah, okay. So you actually own it, and then you flip it to them. 
That's one thing. Now, do you ever sell them uh, before you even have to own them? Now, on the assignment deals, I, I, I do do that. And a lot of that comes in from my mailers. I have I have girls that will send out envelopes for me and, and handwritten letters that go out to, heck, probably 2,500 people a month that just mail that goes out to people wanting to buy their houses. And those I will never actually own. I will assign those deals. So those deals you get, I guess, a better deal on, right? So there's more of a spread and Mm -hmm. uh, you don't want to go through the whole process. So you just uh, assign them to somebody. And what do you generally make on an assignment like that? It depends. Sometimes it's $5,000 and sometimes it can be $15,000 or or even more on that deal. I always try to make sure I leave a ton of meat on the bone for the flipper because I want to do good business. I want a good reputation. So how do you decide which ones you're going to keep and flip yourself? So I'm kind of a a lazy individual on that. And in fact, if I like the houses that are just easy flips that I don't have to sit there and invest $60,000 unless it's unless you will make a lot of money. Uh, the ones with the paint, the carpet, the the easy flips, I can get back on the market in no more than maybe two weeks after I own it. And those are the ones I flip, the ones that I can have back in the market that are not going to sit there and suck up my money for any amount of time. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, fascinating, fascinating. So talk to me about these quote-unquote girls that write letters. 2,500 letters, handwritten letters a month. That's a lot. Like, what does this note say that these people, and I get the handwritten part because, you know, I'm much more apt to open up something handwritten than I am, you know, that's been through a printer and, you know, have prepaid postage and all that crap on it. So I I guess they're writing on a little, like, love letter type card or something. (laughs) What are they doing? Talk to me. Yeah, so... I start. Let's start off with the envelope that I use. I don't use your standard envelope, which I think is something in the neighborhood of uh, four by nine or in, in that area. I use that envelope that's more of a six by nine because it's the same postage for that same envelope. And then the the letter that goes inside there is something that I personally wrote, and it's it's no more than maybe ten sentences that says, "I'm interested in your house. Uh, I'd like to talk to you about it. Please give me a call." maybe a little bit more that goes in there with it and it has my phone number and that has two different purposes with that one is i might buy this house and flip it or wholesale it or assign it anything of that measure on the other side of this is they may want way too much money for their house well in walks the realtor michael and i will end up listing that house on on mls for them and be their agent so a lot of these you don't even look at i guess right oh no i I don't have the time and the gas to, uh, to go to all of these houses. I What I'll do is I'll ask them, hey, you know, or just a basic introduction on the phone. My name's Michael. What's your name? The minute that they give me their name, I already have an Excel spreadsheet that has it broken down by last name, first name, and I will be doing a search the minute that they call me. So I do my search. I narrow it down to what house it is. I'm on Netris pulling up my my CMAs for that house value. You mean all, the- all while they're on the phone? All while they're on the phone. Probably wow. I, I have that knocked out within the first two to three minutes of the conversation, which, you know, hey, how are you doing? I'm, I'm I mean, already they sitting They don't even have to tell you what their address is? Well, the minute I have their name, I have their address because I kept, I kept a oh, uh, I see, right. You see caller ID, and then it says their name. You, you type in their name, and everything's right there. And, so, and you say, oh, okay, I see you live on Beasley Avenue. And you know, all yep. it goes from there. If it doesn't pop up with a name, I just ask them, hey, what's your name? 
And I'll use that and I'll put it into my spreadsheet on what's gone out with the girls. And it pulls up with my spreadsheet name, address, the, uh, the what they expected to owe. And I already have all the information in front of me. Then I just work through a basic question, a log of questions I have for them on, you know, how much do you, how much do you want? How much do you owe? What do you think your house is worth? What kind of damages do you have? I go through all those questions and then come up with the value right there on the phone. At Rebus University, we take the pain points out of selling real estate. Lost a listing to another agent? Never again. The Certified Listing Agent course goes through step-by-step -step how eight of the world's top agents close 90-some percent of every listing appointment they go on. Industry icons like Buddy Blake and Marty Hampton have encouraged their entire team to take this course. And after they took it themselves, we gave them discounts for all their team members. And we'll give you that same exact discount if you go to rebusuniversity.com. Had a listing expire and another agent take it over and then drop the price drastically and it sold right away? Yeah, me too. That's why I created the Certified Price Reduction course. We've had several agents take that and get immediate price reductions. All of the reviews that we've gotten on rebusuniversity.com, by the way, have all been five stars. Our other flagship product, the Certified Team Agent with Jeff Cohn out of Omaha, Nebraska, has been selling off the shelves. Everybody wants to know what happens when you peel back the curtain of the Omaha's elite real estate team's inside business. Jeff and I sit down and talk about the nitty gritty of where every dollar that he makes comes from and where every dollar that he spends goes out. It's an incredible candid 10 hour course on how to build the mega team of the future. Use coupon code podcast to get 50% off your first course now. RebusUniversity.com So do you end up flipping or, or wholesaling, which guys, if you don't know what that is, it's basically Dan is giving it to the flipper. Uh, he's flipping it to the flipper. So let the flipper take all the risk with fixing it up and stuff. So, I mean, Michael, so what do you do like what percentage or how many of these homes are you wholesaling? I would say roughly about 70% I wholesale. 70%. Okay. So yeah, the majority of them you're wholesaling. So you're really kind of doing your, a, a lot of your work is pretty stealth, right? It's just like you oh, yeah. sitting anywhere with a computer and, and mailing out these letters, fielding the calls, getting the information, and then flipping it or, or, or wholesaling it to somebody else. And how do you make sure that they don't rip you off? How do you make sure that that, that wholesaler that you give this information to or that, that person that's going to flip, how do you make sure mm -hmm. that that flipper isn't going to go right direct to that person that wants to sell? So on the assignment deals, and because obviously that's, a, that's where this would play into is on, the, is on the assignment deal. I already have it locked into contract. We're signed up, ready to go, in contract. Who is and you and the seller? Me and the seller. So you, so then you do have to, you have okay. So the sell, you you ask a series of questions. You find out that the seller, you know, inherited the house or whatever. 
They want to dump it. You say, how much do you want? They say, I want a buck fifty for it. You do your numbers. You see, it's worth two twenty. You're like, hey, if I can get you, if I can get you one hundred and fifty thousand cash within a couple of weeks, would you do the deal? They say yes. You say what? I'm going to email you something, a DocuSign that protects me. How do you do that? Okay, so on those, when I have these conversations, I, I give them that number, but that, I tell them on the phone that number is uh, subject to what information they gave me being credible as far as the repairs. And I, if I don't go there, I will send someone else there. It could be a contractor in an area or anything of the sorts to, to validate that. So after it's been validated on the repairs, because I don't want someone to tell me, oh, now this place doesn't need any work, and then I come and find out there's a five-foot hole in the ceiling through the roof. So I validate it first with the repairs and make sure my numbers are good just because I don't like giving my money away. And then, yeah, lock it up with a, a DocuSign or something I just have in the hand that I take there. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Okay, Michael. So let me get into something, you know, let me put you on the spot a little bit here. So, you know, here's the thing, buddy. So, okay. You know, 10 years ago, very few people were doing the flips, right? Oh, no one was flipping. Fast forward a decade, you go on television, there's like 75 television shows on flipping right god i don't know how to choose which flipping show to watch there's uh, all kinds of people selling products on how to flip how to wholesale how to make money in real estate you have more real estate investors than ever before more people in the game everybody's extremely optimistic that this flipping world that exists today is going to continue on and on for years to come. You went from just two years ago from a steady salaried job as a cop uh, to a flipper. And obviously you're making tons and tons more money. But the, my question is getting at is, do you think this is going to last? I mean, how much longer can this flip world that, that exists now, this, this market last? Well, I think right now where we're at in the market, it's pretty much at the peak of the struggle for people that are wanting to flip. And what I mean by the peak is there's really a limited number of houses out there for the for the guy that doesn't hustle. It's not as plentiful as 2008 when the market crashes and it's just flooding the market with the houses out there for people wanting to flip. And and nowadays we're at the, the peak of it to where there's a limited supply where people are hungry for people like me to give them houses. And it's only going to have more and more inventory for people out there in the future because it can't stay at this number. Uh, I think we're at a 4% foreclosure rate here in DFW. A lot of those houses get pulled back onto the market. So there's nothing but the ways of going up in inventory for people wanting to do this in the future. Wait a minute. So you're saying that the amount of foreclosures is going to increase? Well, it's dang sure not going to decrease uh, as far as where we're at now. Even if we just trudge along at this current market where we're at now, at some point, it's bound to go back down. Any market you look at, real estate, When stock you market, say go back down, do you mean the number of foreclosures goes up or yes. do you mean the number of foreclosures goes down? No, the number of foreclosures go up. I think right now where we're at is pretty much close to the peak on the, on the inventory being low. As far as the struggles Peak, that you have. Okay, so it's kind of the opposite. So, flip it. so you, you kind of think the number of foreclosures today is extremely low of where it could be and where it should be and where it will be. And, yeah. And it's going to get better from here. So you're going to see more and more foreclosures. Now, why would 
Why would you see more and more foreclosures if the loans aren't as risky as they once were? Basic market analysis of any market, you're going to have highs and lows. And with with those, they're going to, they're going to start competing for for these markets and for these loans. The, the banks are going to obviously have to compete for this. And just sheer odds. You can't stay. No market stays at the same percentage. You know, it's never going to be at the same percentage of foreclosures. So if we're already on a tight market with not just a ton of foreclosures, I mean, obviously I'm still killing it with what I have that's out there, but that has nothing to do. I mean, that has nothing but the the market trends of there being more houses in the future. Now, I'm not saying the market's going to crash or anything absurd in that fact, but where you might have 50 to 100 houses at one auction, yeah, you might have 150 come a year from now or, or two years from now. Well, that I mean, that's great news if it's if it comes to fruition for people like yourself that are flippers. You know, I was almost getting at the opposite of, hey, you know, is this going to go away? Is it going to be like, you know, the decade before the past decade, which would have been like 1998 to 2008, which, you know, you know, very few people were flipping. I mean, just uh, you I guess when the market ascended the first time, you had a lot of people flipping like new homes, buying them for 200 mm-hmm. and by the time they got built selling them for 250 you had a lot, a lot of that nonsense which you really don't see anymore mm-hmm. and then after and then recently the last five years you've had all these people come in with these foreclosures these moldy properties you know fixing them up making them better selling them and loans support them and, and once those get eaten up i just wonder if it's um if another market exists for the next decade and your prediction is, you know, that market is much more fruitful and exciting for people like yourself. So that's fascinating. So, so let's talk a little bit about what you're doing now. You have a kind of a training course. You train other people how to do this exactly how you've done it, which is amazing if you ask me, because you've done it in such a short period of time, Flip University. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put all of your information. So if anybody wants to ask you more questions about, you know, Michael, how do I, how do I do this in a quick period of time and make as much money as you have, they can reach out to direct, but we'll also put a link to flip university on there. You've got some other courses that they could buy that uh, outlined step-by-step how to do this, right? Correct. Yes, sir. So I'll put all of that on uh, hybendigital.com backslash Michael Owen. Uh, this is real easy, O-W-E-N, hybendigital.com backslash Michael Owen. Michael, this has been very refreshing. It's been very interesting to hear this story. I love your analysis of it. I guess you get that from being a cop and analyzing financial crimes. I love how you analyzed the big commissions versus the small commissions and how you decided to move forward into that reminds me of pete middleton who i've interviewed a couple of times uh, on the show you could go to the show you can go to hyben digital and just type in pete middleton but you know he was in boston and he saw his you know commission being like you know average two thousand and he said screw this and he just uh, drove out to los angeles where his average commission was twenty thousand and it was just that simple thinking 
that he used to go from 2,000 to 20,000, how you go from 5,000 to 25,000, all you needed was a way to get there and you found that way. So anyways, buddy, I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to come on the show, Michael. And if I'm ever in your area, Texas, I will definitely look you up and uh, we can get together and you can uh, take me out and show me some of your homes. Be glad to. Thanks, bud. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Please be sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening. All five-star reviews help us get better and better guests for your listening pleasure. And if you have a great review, I'll read it on the show. We are so proud of this show now with over a million downloads in 79 countries around the world. Also, don't forget to buy my book if you haven't already. Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate agent's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. With an intro by Gary Keller. Sold everywhere online books are sold. You can always go to pathyben.com and find out about all things Pat Hyben. And don't forget to follow me on social media. All you got to do is type in my name. I'm everywhere and easy to find. I hope to meet face-to-face someday, but in the meantime, let's meet on social media. Thanks again for listening, and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.